Blog Talk Radio. to talk about making your mind a money magnet to draw unto you good health, 
happiness, love, success, prosperity, and money. Some of you are saying, well, Reverend Ike, I thought you came just to talk about money. The fact of the matter is, in life, we're always dealing with certain principles that work the same with everything. And the same principle of the psychology of money that draws money to you will also draw to you and help you to create for yourself and others good health, joy, success, prosperity, and money. If you want to experience the very best of life, you must believe that you deserve the best. Too many religious people are taught to believe that they don't deserve anything. And some religious people even pray that prayer. Oh, Lord, I know I'm not worthy. I'm going to ask for some confessions on national television. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like that? Lord, I know I'm not worthy. Come on, up with those hands. Chicken. All right, I have two. I know better now. I know the truth and I'm free. But listen, anything that you don't feel you're worthy of, you can't have. Anything that you feel you do not deserve, that you're not worthy of, you automatically cut yourself off from that good. Listen, you cross yourself up when you pray and ask the presence of God in you for something. And then you say, now, Lord, I know I'm not worthy. You might as well forget it. And I am intentionally redundant because most of the times our minds have been fed so many negative things until we have to keep hammer, hammering away at the false concepts with the truth until our individual consciousness accepts the truth. And we are... Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for love. Listen, do you hear it? It's getting closer. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. It's awesome, baby! What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kyrie, and you are now rocking with the best. This is Original Native Radio, and on Thursdays, you know what is the Tower of Tantra. Well, I feel like the Nature Boy Rick Flair around here tonight. Whew, let me turn my soul to soul down a little bit, you know, because I'm ready to get back to life. I'm ready to get back to living some original, the best of who I really am. Woo, the Virgo season is getting ready to be over. Libra's getting ready to be here. Ow! 
Big shouts out to everybody who's been coming to Coach Kaya lately, getting your astrological, uh, astral harmony reports for the couples. Big shouts out to everybody who's been getting the individual uh, consultations and doing real big things, putting it in with the Tantra. Uh, I'm proud of you. That's really what I like. You know, I get my gratification when somebody calls me and says, yo, you remember this? And then I say, oh, yeah. And it was like, man, that was real nice. I appreciate that. So big shouts out to y'all, you know what I'm saying, for having faith in the coach. I appreciate it. But tonight, y'all see how we had to get it crumped. Uh, had to bring the had to bring the Captain Jack up in this rascal to talk about it. Uh, I wanted to um, first give a big shout out to our sponsor once again. Relaxation is the key. Dot com, uh, an original native radio. You know this is personal development on air level. Breathing, relaxation, cosmophysics, astral harmony and relationships, tantra, life. Tai Chi, meditation, wellness, moon magic, gender roles. You know, it's time about working out success. Thank you for tuning in to OriginalNativeRadio.com as well as CoachKair.com and RelaxationIsTheKey.com. But tonight, my co-host is with the Moses. He cannot stay off the highway. We're getting ready to name him Mr. Greyhound himself or Mr. First Class himself because he don't ride a bus. He flies first class and he should be. Y'all go ahead and put y'all hands together for my main man, 500,000 grand. You know what it is. It's November, engineer, country master, Kyle Morris. Hello, hello, hello. Ooh, you got the crowd going crazy. In the night, Master. Yeah, what's happening with you? It's all good. How are you doing, Mr. Kyrie? Hey, Coach man. the most. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm just over here just tending the garden. I'm just tending the garden. I hear you. I hear you. I'm really pumped up tonight. And, well, that, uh, makes, that makes four of us then because I know you're pumped up as like two people. So my pumped up, I'm pumped up tonight too. So, whew. I think we're gonna have. I, uh, I want to start off by thanking everyone that came out in Houston last weekend. Um, it was just uh, it's just an incredible event, and uh, I, you know, we missed the show last week. We uh, we missed a week there, and um, so we're gonna have to give you double your money tonight. <laughs> I have to give you. Oh, that's right, y'all didn't pay. I forgot. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. irrespective of all of that, it's it's been. A, I know Coach Kyrie's been having a great time here the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, I want to just first of all, second of all, the event in North Carolina. We haven't had a chance to really talk about that much, but it was just phenomenal as well um i i just can't thank the people at myati spa enough they were excellent hosts (coughs) and if anyone there has the footage there that they can send me please do that we had events there uh coach kair had people hugging and uh, in a way they've never hugged before 
we had the crowd wild. We were out on the huge deck. Just it's just a perfect day. Also uh, in Houston, I want to thank uh, Marcel and uh, Nikisha and all of the people helping them to make that event happen. It was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I want to thank my three table models who basically just turned it out. One girl, Kaya, uh, she wore a pink tight outfit. And underneath she had uh, the little tight suit that the young girls like to wear. Right. And I told her she had to take those off, so she just took them off. And all the men in there were like, they wasn't paying attention to nothing I said. They were looking at the table models. <laughs> and then not only did they look good, but when they got on the table, they brought the energy up in that room so high that, um, I mean, people were actually going into trance that weren't even close to the table. So it was an incredible event, um, an incredible event. And, it, and in one moment, those ladies bonded all of those men and women together in one accord. We got there as strangers. We were sitting there all sort of, uh, you know, wondering what was going to happen, how the event was going to go. It was a good turnout. And the ice was broken immediately. By the time we left out of there, two or three hours later, everybody felt like they had been friends for a long time. So Houston, the hospitality there was like, bam. And the event was, was just awesome. And I'm just struck with how people can transform and how they can really just uh, catch on to stuff so quick. Uh, the questions were excellent. And we're just going from one um, receptive audience to another. It makes me feel so good. I did not want to leave North Carolina. Uh, I wanted to stay a few more days. The energy and the vibration was so good. I did not want to leave Houston. The energy and the vibration was so good. And we've got a class coming up in Baltimore tomorrow and Saturday. And there's uh, also next weekend one up in Newark that Brother uh, Serious Brother is going to be doing. I'm going to tell you more about that later. So without further ado, let's get down to the subject I want to discuss tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. I, I'm just—I just want to let you know I'm noticing, I'm checking. You know, I was with Dr. Nardi last weekend at the symposium in Virginia, and so I got a real keen eye, and I'm really noticing how you left out the after party in Winston Salem and in Houston. I, but I, but I ain't gonna say nothing. All I'm saying is it's quite noticeable that you're leaving out the after party from Winston Salem. We can—that's that. If they gotta pay for that. They gotta show up. They can't get that over the radio. I'm sorry. You're not even going to say You're not even going to say, okay, well, wait a minute. Let me just ask you one-on-one. Um, uh, uh, um, dang, because I, I, I don't want to give them too much either. I want to make it a short answer. Um, what would happen if you put the Winston-Salem after party together with the Houston after party? Then you, you'll be there till the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. It's too much. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, know I mean, I know what that, that, that that's like drinking four Long Island iced teas, you know. That's that's too much. You can't you're not gonna make it all night long. <laughs> all right, okay, okay, that's all the answer I needed. You're right. I get the rest of it offline. 
<laughs> they, they, you know, everybody, we made an agreement. We made a pact. We're going to keep that on the down low. What, what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. I know that's right. Oh, I really haven't yeah, told you. You know, I've, I've been reading on the, the Grand Tron page, uh, our Facebook page, the, uh, uh, the International Grand Tron Family Circle. That nobody told and me about. Had, I'm, uh, really, I'm really upset with Sirius, brother. He's going to go build a room, put me in the group, and don't tell me I'm in there. You got to get on Sirius, brother, man. You know how he does, y'all. Sirius, brother, you know, he's suffering from... Uh, a condition that that brothers like him often suffer from. I think you got a touch of it too, Kyrie. He he's suffering from a lack of table work. <laughs> See, the problem oh, the problem with Sirius brother is he appears to be okay. He appears to be doing good, but deep down inside he's hurting because he's given out a lot of table work, and the women in New Jersey got him on some kind of allocation plan. <laughs> he can only get, you know, I, I mean, he sucks up the energy so fast, the women won't give him that much table work. And I I've invest, I got an investigation in progress. I haven't gotten a report yet. <laughs> but he, he's not getting his quota of table work every week. So mm. that's the problem with Sirius, brother. And, and, you know, I mean, we have to... We have to understand that he's done a lot of good and he's got a lot of good qualities. And if he's a little bit, you know dysfunctional these days, that's what happens when you when you don't get the table work, when you're used to it. Once you get used to it, you want a steady diet of it. And then when it's taken away, it's just like crack. You know, you, it, he's, he's suffering from withdrawal. So we got to just sort of look the other way when he does sort of things like that. And Kaya, you know, I, I don't want to put you on blast on the, on the show, but I'm, every once in a while I'm seeing a little bit of that withdrawal from you. <laughs> I didn't want to say nothing, but since you brought it up. What kind of withdrawal am I having? I, I, I'm just saying. I, I don't want to I don't want to get specific on you. <laughs> but I'm just like I think maybe these women gotta give you a little bit more takeaway. Because I know you've been you've been putting yourself out there and everything and, and you've been doing a lot of good stuff and I'm just wondering how much you're getting back. Well, hey, that was not, hey, you know what? I just went to the beach, and I think that's what I'm going to start doing is um, I, I meditated with an eight-year-old boy, showed him the microcosmic orbit, showed him some um, some Tibetan tantric white crane, picked it right up. I'm talking about the third set. He was he already had the first 15 moves, 16 moves down. Sometimes it take me a whole month to get an adult there. Then we went out and played in the ocean, you know what I'm saying, made some rituals with uh, Yimaya. And um, I said, you know, once a month I could do that, you know, for the kids, go out there and meditate and uh, doing some Tai Chi and then maybe show the ladies how to do some healing work. Down at the beach, you know, maybe we do Miami. So, uh, I'm in North Carolina, so we could do Wilmington. Everybody wants to go to the beach. And that's what I realized. Everybody wants to draw. So I think some like the meditation and bring them down because if the ladies don't know how to do the table work, then you're right. Kyrie suffers. Kyrie, not, I don't just have withdrawals. I suffer. So I'm working on that. You know, the new year is coming up, uh, the 21st, brand new year, and uh, that's something I really want to change. And so you are right, y'all. You called me out, but it ain't it ain't drawbacks. It's suffering. We need about 10 women who, who want to learn this art. 
on the beach. So and, and, and you might as well go ahead and have a child, a son or a daughter, so we can make it a day trip. That's what I'm thinking about, y'all. All right. I'm with you on that. And I, I had an experience today. And the experience that I had is I saw, uh, I'm not going to call any names, but I saw an older man give back to a younger man. I was walking by a construction site today, and I'll just say that the younger brother in his 20s, who was like a laborer, was having issue uh, mixing mortar or whatever he was doing, and he seemed to be struggling a little bit. And the older man came by, uh, you know, or stopped what he was doing and pulled the young brother to the side. And I only heard part of the conversation, but basically he was just saying, you know, whatever whatever personal issues you've got, you know, let that go. Focus on your work, and here's how you can do that better. And, you know, gave him some encouragement and was telling him, you know, uh, apparently knew what his situation was. And basically after that, I noticed that the younger man, you know, went about his work with more efficiency, seemed to be happier, he picked up, his energy picked up. And you could just tell that whatever that older brother said to him, it made a difference in his life that day, right now. And it made me think as I walked away of those situations in my life when I was a young, very young, very uh, unexperienced young man, when older men and older women pulled me to the side and gave me a lift up. So I was touched when I saw that because I don't see it as much as I used to. And it made me think about the, the situation in North Carolina and the situation in Houston. And it made me think about the fact that, you know, um, sometimes that's really what we need mm. to make it through. We need that lift up from somebody that's, that's maybe gone before us and cut the path. So I was looking at the post on Facebook today, and there was a discussion about one of my books, The Oracle of Kinsanu. And there's a passage in there where a person goes to hell, and in hell uh, he, go, he has a terrible experience. And as a part of that experience, he starts coughing up these, these things, these these nasty things that become alive, and basically he discovers that once you get into hell, the demons that you carried in life inside become alive and come out, and you cough them up, and as soon as they hit the ground, they, they start to grow into the demons that are your demons. And so the Sherbarim, who was flying above this spirit, this dead spirit, told him, you know, we don't make demons here in hell. You people on earth create them, and then you bring them here. And that's why hell is so bad. So, you know, he starts to tell him what demons he's made and why. So I posed a question to my group today. Do they think they're carrying any demons around? And if so, what would they look like? And if they're not carrying any demons around, why do they think that? And, and 
it go, this, this goes back to our discussion of the counterfeit personality structure and many of the other conversations that we've had in the Tower of Tantra that deal with the entire concept of the return to the original self. So when we're involved in this struggle, uh, and it's a daily struggle, the young brother on the work site, I don't know, I don't know him, haven't spoken to him, but his counterfeit personality was coming into effect. Maybe his boss told him he was working too slow. Maybe he didn't want to be there. Maybe he felt like he was overqualified for this kind of work and he couldn't find him. I don't know. But you could look on his face and see he was angry and his counterfeit personality was flaring up. And he was like, okay, um, you know, maybe I'm almost ready to just blow it. And this older guy came up to him, pulled him to the side, and, and, and change that vibration. And probably the older guy had, had had that same counterfeit personality moment where he came to the crossroads in his life and somebody was there to give him a lift up, so he passed it on. I'm back to the comment that was made. One person said that their demon was a procrastination demon, that if they went to hell today, the demon that they would cough up would be the demon that they're carrying inside would be a procrastination demon. And I thought about that, and I thought to myself, if that was the worst inner demon that we have in our life, you're a lucky person. You're a lucky person. When we were at the event in North Carolina, one of the young ladies there, not the women on the table, but one of the young ladies there who witnessed the event that we witnessed there said, you know, I just feel like I'm carrying all this extra weight and all this negative energy around, and I'm just tired of it, and I really want to let it go. And it's true that through the tantra and the table work, you can be facilitated to release some of these burdens, some of this negative energy. But I want to say tonight that we can't ignore the other side of the equation, the other side of the process, and that is the psychological, the social relationship work that you have to do to seriously begin this journey back to your original self. I can't stress enough how when we were all there together in North Carolina, we went out to dinner late after part, that was part of the after party thing after the event was over. I can't, you know, I can't just, it's hard to even say it over, over the Internet how beautiful the scene was. It's like for a few moments somebody pulled that poison out of us and all of our counterfeit personalities were set aside for a few hours. There was laughter. It seemed like everybody looked beautiful and sexy. It seemed like everybody wanted to pay for the, everybody else's meals. There was I, I didn't see I didn't see anybody looking like they were worried about spending their money or anything like that. The food was delicious. The restaurant stayed open late for us. It's like everything just went right. And yet 
in some people's lives, that's not the case tonight. When I was walking down the street, in my mind, everything was beautiful. When I came across the young man in that work site, it's like all of a sudden the difference between my world and his world became starkly clear. In Houston, same same thing. We got to Houston. Everything seemed good and fine. Everything was on schedule. Everything was right. The event was beautiful. Many beautiful things happened. People had experiences. The energy was lifted. Negativity was pushed aside temporarily. Everybody was almost high. Everybody's in a trance of happiness and joy. I get back to the airport, and they say the flight's grounded because they got bad weather someplace and can't take off. And three or four people started yelling in the in the waiting area, damn it, I'm going to miss my connection again. And you could just, you know, it's like a chill came over that waiting area, and, and everybody was like, okay, not again. What the heck? And, you know, the negativity was palpable. You could feel it. I looked around at the faces of everybody there. It became very obvious to me what it feels like when you're carrying around these inner demons and you don't want to let them go. Bottom line is we were an hour and a half delayed, but we we got on the plane. We got where we were supposed to go okay, and the pilot announced to us on the right as right before we landed that all of the other flights had been delayed as well so that no one was going to miss their connection. And during the flight they gave us direct T V for free so that we all got to watch the movies, the news, the dramas, whatever we wanted to for free. And basically nobody missed their connections. So what was the reason for all of the angst and anger and disappointment at that point when they announced that there was a weather delay, counterfeit personality, a feeling of scarcity, a, a, a constant recycling of negativity in our life. So it seems like when we look at people on the outside, we're not carrying any inner demons. But I'm here tonight to remind you that we are. And all it takes is to walk out of your house, to come across someone in the grocery store unexpectedly, or to hear an announcement in an airport, for it's become crystal clear just how deep-seated our inner demons are and how far some of us are from our original self. The feeling so many of us have of hopelessness, of inadequacy, of not being able to overcome this heavy weight that seems to be placed on us for financial reasons or we're too... We're too uh, too obese, or we don't think we're 
you know, we're afraid of the attention that we're attracting because we feel that we're very attractive. And every time we go someplace, ladies are checking us out, and we're worried because our wife will be mad. We're worried because, um, you know, we wrote a check and the deposit that we put in the bank is not is no good. And now we're scrambling to try to replace it so our checks won't bounce. We're constantly going through life struggling with our inner demons when the reality is the closer we come to our original self, the more we take that journey seriously, the less these inner demons have control of us and the less external forces can shape our reality and our experience at any given moment. When they made the announcement in the airport about the weather delay, my mood did not change because I thought whenever I get back to the next airport, I'm still going to be happy. I said to myself, everything is going to be okay as long as I can land safely. I said to myself, even this delay is going to work to my advantage in some way. I'll meet somebody I wasn't going to meet. Uh, it'll be easier for me to catch the, catch my transportation. It'll give the people I'm going to see more time to get ready for me. There's got to be something good about it. So I'm always struggling, fighting, to keep my inner demons in check. And this is what I'm urging my audience to consider tonight. Number one, to be conscious of your inner demons, to be conscious of your counterfeit personality, and to be constantly working to conquer it. And number two, to look around you at the people who are suffering under their counterfeit personality, their inner demons, and to give them a push up. So I'm going to break for a second and throw this back at Mr. Kaya and see if we have some people with their hands up or some people who would like to um, uh, ask some questions. At the same time, I'm looking at my Facebook page at the uh, International Circle um, Grand Time Family, and I'm looking at the comments on the page. So, um, Mr. Kaya. Yes, sir. Uh the call-in number tonight is 347-205-9089 if you want to chime in on some of the things that you heard already or if you have uh, maybe even a general question or especially if you were at the Winston-Salem event or the Houston event and you want to give a shout-out about any of that, please call in 347-205-9089. Press 1 and turn your speakers down. Um, also, when you were talking about the question about bringing uh, your own demons to hell, like, for me, I could really, um, well, as usual, I'm always put uh, letting uh, the first person be in these examples, you know, because if I'm not walking through it, then somebody else's experience is, is just that, their experience. And so just, and then looking at how the sister had said the procrastination, I was like, damn, 
Boy, we must be made that demon together. Well, I thought I had made it before her. Or the examples that we set, you know, and I and the own individual karmas that we create by creating these demons. So yeah, that's that was that was a big one right there. And then like you said, it coming from our uh construction of our counterfeit personalities. Because we got to get a demon to control that, or the counterfeit personality is the one creating the, the damn demon, not us. Your natural self will never do that, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, that was that was major right there. Um, anybody wants to call in, please press one. We do have a call on the line. Call it from the three three six nine two six. Your mic is open. Can I hear your name and where you calling from, please? Hello, Tyre, Master Yao. This is Lafay. Peace, peace. And yes, uh, the event Wednesday, I mean, <laughs> last two weeks ago, excuse me, two weeks ago at my IT spa, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of information, you know, for one workshop. It truly was, but I really enjoyed it. And to actually witness the table work being done, that was that was pretty fascinating. Mm. And also, uh, I was able to, um, you know, you gave me a little time to talk with the audience, and I've gained some clients who were interested in the relationship compatibility reading. And, you know, that's very important now. You know, as we talk, Tyre, because you have an astrological background as well, Saturn's been in Libra, affecting our relationships and partnerships. And now Saturn's getting ready to move on into Scorpio, affecting our sex joint finances and intimacy. So, you know, it's very, uh, very, very powerful energy in that seventh house moving on into the eighth house. And I know you sometimes refer to the eighth house as the house of marriage. I've heard you say that before. But uh, relationships in general on an intimate level about to, you know, feel that uh, energy of Saturn, which is discipline and structure. Saturn administers blessings and restrictions. So, you know, this really ties into the Tower of Tantra, Tantra too, you know, in, in the area of um, everything that you're talking about in relationships and how to, you know, care for one another and nurture one another and the gender role, which is very important. Mm-hmm. What, what, you what know, day? Ty, yeah, what I practice spiritual astrology, and, and you know, in, in that aspect, there's three categories of relationships, which is karmic partners, and Saturn has really did a number on those. Uh, many karmic partnerships have dissolved. However, those that are still hanging on to those unhealthy relationships, when Saturn moves into Scorpio and deals with the issues of sex, Joint finances, which are two of the major things couples beef about, <laughs> it, you know, is it, really going to, those relationships are really going to suffer a blow because for the new age, divine partnership is the prototype. And that's the strengthening of soulmate unions and the reunion of twin souls. Hmm. It's funny, um, what I just did was pull the chart up for the actual event. And uh, which was September the ninth, two thousand twelve, and I said we got started around two o'clock. Sagittarius was rising, so wow, I'm a Sagittarius too. (laughs) So that put Capricorn, you know, in the second house, you know, character on top of the values, and Aquarius, 
was ruling the third house, and and that was bringing knowledge about how to communicate. Because a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be able to communicate as you become tantra. You can't still let the counterfeit personality pop up and just pick a. Uh, I think y'all called it the uh, the anal characteristic, where it thinks everything is supposed to come to it, so you don't communicate outwardly. Is that correct, y'all? Yes, sir. <laughs> so it was kind of apropos that the heavens were set up. Uh, Gemini was ruling the seventh house at two o'clock on that day. Pidal, take that. Um, as well as Jupiter and the moon was in the seventh house. Um, so it was an expansion of feelings and a lot of female energy. You know, we uh, women outnumbered the men, so we had an expansion of women at that same time at two o'clock. So yeah, I, I really do love this science. And the sun was in the ninth house at that time, so we were everybody was in there teaching, sharing. We're talking about the philosophies of tantra. Mercury was in the sixth, and they were conjuncting, as a matter of fact. Mercury oh, was, wow, and you know, Mercury was sixth house, Kyle, you let him know, that's health and service to others, you know, which definitely, and, uh, you know, highlights what uh, Master Yah was teaching because it's, it was about healing, you know, um, if I'm wrong, correct me, but sexual healing. Right, 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 and he was trining, Mercury was in the ninth, so it was trining the fifth and the and the second, you know, so that's the house of um that's the house of sex. And that was uh wait a minute. No, I'm sorry, it wasn't. House of I'm sex is the eighth. Right, 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 right. Yeah, are we talking Chinese too much? We better get back to the subject. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go because, ahead. I mean, you know, sometimes I have to you know, we we uh, we have to let it come on out. So but I'm just I I wasn't even thinking about you know, the position of the heavens at the time that we had the event, you know. So I think it probably would be even interesting. We may do that later on in the show, pull up the chart for the um, Houston show. Y'all, do you know about what time, y'all? Well, you know what, Kyle, I had did the the chart for the event. Matter of fact, me and Maya discussed it. I, I didn't, you know, talk to you about it, but uh, me and Maya had discussed it. She consults with me for all the events at my artist box. I, I do a chart, you know, she wants to know if, you know, the energies are right and how it, you know, affects her natal chart. And I really admire her, you know, to work with the science and, and you know, to um, make it work for her or, you know, to, to learn what the advantages are. And, you know, and that's the power of astrology. It's very empowering. And that's, but, hey, don't sleep on y'all because we'll be in the car and he'll say something and I'll go off on a tangent and he'll have to sit there and look at me and be like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but you know what? When they hear it enough and uh, show an interest, so y'all, you may become a, an astrologer, at least an amateur astrologer, to, to go along with <laughs> your your other um, vast knowledge in uh, tantra. I'm always teachable. I'm always <laughs> open to learning. All right, now, well, uh, before I get off the line, because I know you probably have a lot of callers, I want to give a shout-out to my Adi Spa, who now has energy therapy on their menu, which is chakra therapy, Reiki therapy, crystal healing, 
astrological readings by yours truly, and intuitive readings by yours truly, and then there's another person that offers those as well. So, you know, if you're in the Western Salem, uh, North Carolina area, check out my Otis Spa, and by all means, check me out at readingsbalafay.com. All right. Thank you. Um, and we, um, yeah. We have to get a divine partnership going on there or not. It's going to be hot. Hey, what did you say, Kair? I didn't hear you for your sound effect. Oh, I said we're going to have to get a divine partnership show on here one night. Oh, yeah. Well, my book will be rolling off the uh, Inner Child Press by the new year, which is Journey to Divine Partnership, Lessons in Love. Well, everybody's coming out to work now. Yeah, look what you done started. It inspired everybody. You know what I'm saying? If Mama Ain't Happy is going to be coming along here real shortly, too. I might release that in Toronto, though. And, you know, I want to give a shout-out, if I may, to my twin flame, which is such an inspiration and so uh, supportive of the work I do. And that's what twin flames do. We come together. I chakra the line. And, you know, the energy is just awesome. And him and I have a lot of projects that we're working on. And in, in regards to relationships, we're going to be doing a lot of work because both of us have experienced tumultuous karmic partnerships that came to an end under the Saturn and Libra transit, and we did the work on ourselves because you got to reconcile with your higher self now, which I guess y'all will uh, deem that the authentic self. you got to reconcile with your higher self in order to partner with someone on a divine level, and that's a soulmate union or a twin soul union. And so, you know, just great things in the areas of relationships. So Saturn is the taskmaster, but Saturn's, you know, position or station in a house, which has been in the seventh house of relationships and partnerships, moving on to the eighth house of sex, joint finances, and intimacy, Saturn demands that we do the work in those areas. And truly, we need to embrace that and, and roll with it because you can't run from it because if you run from it, what's Saturn going to do to you, Kyrie? I can answer that for him. It's Go going ahead, to bring it to a head, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, Saturn is the taskmaster, the disciplinarian. He will whoop that. <laughs> right, right. He'll lay it down. He don't care. And he's not going to get no switch either. He's going to go get some. He's going to go get that tobacco stalk to make sure you get the message. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I won't take up any more time. Talk to you guys later. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. We got another call on the line, calling from the 832-832-434. Your mic is wide open. Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? All right, Kaya. This is Nikisha here in Houston. Hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, Master Yeah, how you doing? It's awesome, baby. Telling part of the truth. She's definitely a princess. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. I want to thank both of my I want to thank both of you guys. I want to thank Coach Kyer for just being uh, you know, uh being a support for me um and bringing Master Yao here to Houston. I actually sent him a little private message today on Facebook, just thanking him for hey, uh hey, opening hey, up hey. the way. Opening the way, just opening the way, being who he is, and 
I want to thank Master Yah for coming down here and, um, you know, bringing the, the 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 beautiful transformative energy of Tantra to Houston. And um, I will have to say that in being around Master Yah in Houston, it is definitely a part of his lifestyle. It is definitely part of his lifestyle. It's not just a something that he does to make a book um, because I've, I have a, you know, we have people out here that's like that. It's, it's, it's to make a book. And I would have to say that it's definitely his lifestyle. Tantra is his lifestyle. So when you hear him say Tantra is a lifestyle, I've seen in him how how that looks. So I just want to thank uh, Master Yah for coming down here. He has Houston wide open. And uh, we are right now in the process of getting everything together to do our Grand Trine program on the third coast all the way down here in Houston. So I'm just excited. I'm really, really excited, excited, and um, excited about the, the International Grand Trine group that's on Facebook. We're really collaborating together, coming up some coming up with some good ideas as it relates to, uh, you know, getting the Grand Trine program here in Houston and the other places, uh, creating support groups and um, just uh, rallying around, you know, the whole Tower of Tantra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it. Yes, the teacher had them almost in tears, Kyrie. <laughs> she had them almost in tears in Houston at one point in the program. I mean, mm-hmm. what, the, what, had, what transpired was so unique in that moment because at one point in time, Nikisha got up and she was like, you know, you ladies are too subdued. You ladies are too, you know, uh, laid back. You know, go ahead and let yourself free and and be excited about what's happening. And like three or four minutes after she made that statement, (laughs) the energy on the table just went off the chain into orbit and everybody went into trance and all of a sudden all of the ladies and some of the men there were like in rapture. And it was just the whole room was transformed. And uh, I can't remember all of what was said because I was halfway out myself. Yes, the energy was powerful. It was like everybody remembered her words, and it was like they had been freed in that moment to live their life, to, to go for their destiny. And I think they had heard her the first time but didn't feel it. And after that energy rush, they felt it. It's like somebody planted it in their right brain, and all of a sudden they, they, they knew what she was saying because I know that they had felt heavy and burdened down, and then all of a sudden they didn't feel like that anymore, and they were thankful. And, they, they, you know, it was a moment of inspiration. Uh, you, you had to kind of be there to fully appreciate it, but it was, it was real, real interesting. It was definitely interesting, especially for Houston. You know, the energy of Houston is such a um, it's such a mixed bag. You never know how things will manifest. And um, you know, uh, uh, Master Yao even told the group <laughs> there because you know he's so truthful. He was like, "I had reservations about coming here to Houston. You know, you don't hear too much about Houston. You know." And um, and he came down here and. I said those words, and I kind of I, I doubted myself when I said those words. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I'm looking for something, and that's not what what people are supposed to experience. 
But um, thereafter, I guess I was meant to say what I was supposed to say because the energy opened up. And like I said, Houston is ready. Um, ready for Master Y'all. And uh, they so ready. They got book They got book clubs going. They getting ready to get a, a – um, uh, trying to get a group together for uh to do the uh the male and female like the to do the counterfeit personalities. Uh they got a, a little bit of everything going here. It's, it's just you know, off the charts, off the charts. So, um once again just thankful for that energy. Thankful for that energy, really am. I and and I and I really and I wanted to call in to talk about um to give my two cents as it relates to the counterfeit personalities and what you're talking about tonight. Um when I first read your book Awakening the Master Feminine, and I, I read the profiles of the counterfeit personalities in Awakening the Master Feminine. It really didn't. Uh, it didn't really stick with me the way um, the four feminine archetypes resonated with me. But when I got your book, uh, the Relationship for Blueprints, Blueprint, the uh, Blueprint for Relationships, it really delved into the concepts of the counterfeit personalities. And I could tell you that was the most one of the most difficult exercises that I've ever done in my life, um, and it was one of the most difficult things to get my partner to assist me with, because I I honestly did not see myself having a counterfeit personality, and when I was able to really sit and be truthful with myself as it relates to my counterfeit personality, a lot of things began to unfold for me as it relates to how I. Um, I relate to people, how uh, things have manifested because I've been operating in this counterfeit personality and operating from this 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 full person of myself. So um, this 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 particular show tonight is really really poignant for people to really understand that Master Yao talks about getting to your natal being being getting to your natal self to your original self. And uh, getting to your original self, one, is to understand what your counterfeit personality is and how you operate through that counterfeit personality. I'll give you an example. I found out that my counterfeit, well, I discovered, and I still, and I haven't confirmed that with Master Yao yet, but I'm just going to speak on it, is the one that deals with control, and I believe it's the psychopathic. Psychopathic. And it's the psychopathic one that deals with control. And I saw how I used that in my relationships with my children, in my relationships in, at, at my uh, at my place, the place of work, and how I used it, especially in my intimate relationships. And even in this particular relationship that I'm in now, I was able to stop a lot of destructive behavior uh, by really recognizing: Am I am I getting ready to communicate something because I'm trying to be controlling, or I'm trying to get a, a, a set result So I would definitely say that this show Right here is off the chain And I just want to thank you And that was just my two cents And I will be on the Facebook page Posting and I love you guys And y'all have a good show Rest of the show Well I, I'm going to I'm going to work my way in a circle Back to her comments uh, I'm looking at my Facebook page and uh, the group has been shouting at me. Uh, Serious Brothers posted uh, about his table work desires, and several young ladies have stepped up saying they're going to take care of the brother. So, and I'm going to give you some coordinates later on in the show for his uh, the event that he's got coming up next weekend 
uh, at the Hampton Inn and Suites where he's doing the uh, Tantra Symposium as a lead into our uh, level two class. But I want to go back for a second now to to the topic of the um, our inner demons and the counterfeit personality. So uh, what Nikisha is saying is that it's it's very difficult to see it. It's like trying to look at yourself with no mirror. Mm. So you almost need to have somebody criticize you or bring it up in order for you to see it. It's like it's got to be reflected off of something. So it's like you go through life with without a recollection, without a reflection, without uh, a recognition that it's there. Other people can see it. You can't. So there's no blame for that. And yet, a lot of times you want things, you want to manifest things in your life, and you have difficulty doing it because you are in your own way. A lot of times when people first bring the elements of your counterfeit personality to your attention, you don't like it. You don't like them. You don't appreciate it. But the long and the short of it is, if you have some knowledge of returning to the original self, that can be a very good thing for you. Until you understand that you've got it, you can't do anything about it. And if you can't do anything about it, you can't get past that barrier to achieve your goals because you are in your own way. Now... Let's throw a little bit more science out here on this pile. Let's talk about uh, a solution or part of the solution for getting into this counterfeit personality and breaking it up. What I'm talking about is the breath. That's right, the breath. And so what is the breath? this oxygen, this air that we breathe and the act of breathing and why is it so powerful and what is the connection between the breath and the counterfeit personality structure? So let's go back a little bit and we're going to drop a little science here and I want you to pay attention and follow as best you can in what I'm about to say. I'm going to give you just a taste of some of the science which has last been housed in China. It's part of the Tao system. And it's called the low map. The L-O second word M-A-P. So this low map is not talking about a map like MapQuest or geographical map. It's a map, it's, it's the Chinese word map. And low is the Chinese word. It's not talking about low as the opposite of high. It's, a, it's two Chinese words that mean something else, the low map. Okay, so let's get down to these four elementals. So there is a breath that corresponds to each elemental energy. And when these breaths are corrupted, when your breath is corrupted, 
the counterfeit personality can reign supreme. In other words, the counterfeit personality can control and direct if the breath is corrupted. So let's talk about how we get to these this breath and what this breath is all about and why we're not just why the breath is not just breathing in and out. Let's start with the science of how we arrive at the four basic elementals, fire, earth, air, and water. In the beginning, in the beginning, there was the Amen, the non-differentiated state, the chaos, or the what they call the void or the blackness, in which there is no difference between things. And then, of course, we had what Western scientists call the Big Bang, what in the Tao they would call yin and yang, or the separation. In Genesis, it talks about the light being separated from the darkness. But basically, we're talking about at one point in time, there was no differentiation, and then there was differentiation, creation. Creation came about. Creation began. Uh, a lot of people think that the world was created five billion years ago when the when the universe was created. That's not true. That happened a moment ago. It's happening now, and it will happen again in the next moment. So this big bang, this creation is always going on. I'll come back to that. So... Once we get to the yin and yang, this makes everything possible. Once we get to the light and the darkness, once there begin to be one thing that was separate from the other thing, we have the ability to contrast things one with the other. In other words, at that point in time, all things became possible. So here is the elementary progression next. Yin broke down into a second duality, a second yin and yang. So primal yin, Y-I-N, energy, breaks down into water elemental and earth elemental. These are both yin faculties or energies. Primal yang breaks down into a plus and minus polarity, and yang becomes air and fire. So we will look at this and we will see that what started as one then became two, then separated again to become four. These four elementals are the building blocks of the physical universe. They are the things that are underneath and the cause of all material being, which is energy. Now, let's take this another another way we're going to look at this. Uh, let's take a, a, an electrical cord that's got two sides to it, and then we're going to take that minus charge, break it down into another plus and minus component, and take the plus side and break it down into a plus and minus component, and we've got four charges. And these are the elemental forces. Water, earth, air, and fire. Two of them have a primarily yang component, and two of them have primarily a yin 
component. And these four elemental forces are at the root of everything. They each have a corresponding breath in the human body, a style of breath. And we go into these breaths all during the day without realizing it. So here is what the cycle pretty much looks like. It looks like during the day that you're breathing and you're always doing the same thing. But that's not really true. What happens is that you, your breath follows a cycle. So for 45 minutes, you're basically focused on a yang breath. And it positions through one nostril. We'll say, hypothetically, through the right nostril. So if at any point in time during the day, we held a mirror up to your nose and you breathed on it, you will see that one nostril is strong and one nostril is weak, indicating that the body is, is charged. It's a polarity. And always one charge predominates over the other. Then 45 minutes later, you switch over and you the other nostril, the left nostril, is dominant, and you go from having a yang breath to a yin breath. And certain things you're going to find are easier to do when you're having the yang breath, and other things you're going to find are easier to do when you're having or experiencing a yin breath. Thus, if you take this further, you will also be able to see that during the day, depending on the energies in the universe at that moment, your yin breath can be either a water breath or an earth breath. And when you're in the yang cycle for 45 minutes, it can be an uh, uh, air breath or a fire breath. Let's take this a little bit further. What I'm saying is that if something comes up that is, uh, requires you to push through an obstruction where you've got a very difficult challenge you're facing, you are trying to get through something that really, really takes a lot of effort and willpower to stay focused and to get through it. You're stuck in traffic and you've got to be someplace, and you can't move, and you're very agitated because you thought you gave yourself enough time, and you really need to make this meeting, and the traffic is stuck, and there's nothing you can do. And so you're creeping along. To get through that, the best thing that you could have is an air breath that will keep you stable and to keep you from becoming imbalanced and stressed out. If you are dealing with um, something that you're trying to shake, like a habit, let's say it's something that uh, you keep eating too much chocolate, ice cream. Every time you get depressed, the date goes bad or something goes wrong, you reach into the freezer and get some chocolate ice cream. And you're eating so much of it, that it's starting to affect your health. Well, 
the breath that you need to resist that urge is the fire breath. And there's a reason for that. So if you can bring this fire breath online at the time this urge come up, then you can overcome that urge. By the same token, if you want to enjoy that ice cream, if, if you've lost your taste for ice cream and you really want to get your taste back and you're about to eat a meal and you really want to enjoy it, it's Thanksgiving, you haven't had turkey in a month, you love turkey, they got they cooked turkey, and now they're going to bring this turkey out. But you, your stomach wasn't feeling right earlier that day, and maybe you feel off, you had a flu last week, something like that. And you're like, I really want to enjoy this meal and enjoy the company and be sociable to the people around me. The breath that you need is the earth breath. So that's a yin breath. Therefore, what I'm basically saying is that you can fight the counterfeit personality by mastering the art of breath. And especially, one great secret, and we talked about this concept with the high John rituals we talked about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, is the moment in between breaths where you switch. For one quick moment there, you have a balanced breath between the yin and yang polarities. And if you look in the Indian tradition, the Vedic tradition, they call this, you know, they call this the, the passages through the nadis, and they call one breath the pingala, they call another breath the ida, and the moment that you switch the akasha breath, or some call it the the shahuma breath, or lack of breath. Now, this is very important because we will understand that through breath, we can conquer our counterfeit personality structure. In other words, when you have a car motor, it's very powerful. But the problem that they had after they created the internal combustion machine was how to get it started. They couldn't figure it out. They were like, it's too hard to move these pistons and stuff. So they first came up with this idea of a crank. So they used to stick this crank into the crank, into a notch into the camshaft or the crankshaft, and they'd turn it as fast as they could, and it would get the engine started. They had this little thing, this little bubble thing that they pressed to get the gas going, and the engine sometimes would start. And so we are the same way. We are the exact same way. We we have um, uh, a mechanism in ourselves for helping us overcome things until we build up enough fortitude to overcome them permanently. And that mechanism is the breath. So what we do is we learn this science of breath in our classes in the Grand Shine program. And through this science of breath, we understand that if I have a particular situation, I want to use the breath that's opposite of that or, that's, or the breath that will allow me to overcome that. So if 
your particular counterfeit personality is psychopathic, in other words, you feel you have to be in control, then the breath that you want to embody at the moment at which you're faced with your problem or your issue, your challenge, you want to do the opposite breath of that, which is a water breath. The water breath is social, it's lubricant, it's, uh, it's moisture, it's ease, it's sexy. And so if you breathe that breath, it automatically puts you into a state where you can overcome this desire you feel you have to have to control the situation. Because as soon as you get into this controlling thing, your counterfeit personality, what normally happens is you mess it up. A young man was dating this uh, attractive young woman, and she was very, shall we say, high maintenance. And really, she wanted him to be her man. She was giving him a hard time. But what she really wanted was for him to be her boyfriend. But she, you know, was used to having her own way, used to doing her own thing. And so, you know, whenever he tried to control her or influence decisions or make decisions, she gave him a hard time. And what he would do is whenever she uh, gave him a hard time or disagreed with what he said or wouldn't take his suggestion or refused to follow his advice, he would become controlling and he would then... Uh, press even harder to make his point or to get his way or to, to exercise control over the situation would push her further away and the situation would spiral into an issue, an argument. I told him whenever that situation comes up to do the water breath, to, to do the water elemental breath, and he looked at me like I had three heads. He basically said, "What the? how the hell is that going to change this situation? How the hell is that going to do anything? She's, she's hard-headed. She's high-strung. She, she does this just to aggravate me. And he began to talk on and on and on about her and not about himself, not about his own inner demons. Now, it's true. The young lady had some inner demons. But they weren't big time. But right then, I was trying to get him to see his own inner demons, his controlling personality, and how he could overcome it so that eventually the situation would work into his favor. He bucked against my advice for a couple of situations, and then he saw that he wasn't making progress. So very reluctantly, he decided to do it. And what he told me was that when he did the breath on a situation which he particularly aggravated his behind, when he did the breath, he said he just felt a calm come over him, a release, and it was like somebody carrying a weight, you know, you're carrying something heavy up the stairs and it's hard, and then you finally get to the top of the stairs and you put it down and you breathe like this release, this, <coughs> Wow. I'm glad to put that down. He said that's how he felt. And he was going to say something, and he just relaxed. Instinctively, 
because he was doing the water breath, a smile came on his face. He was not feeling like smiling. He was not feeling happy before the breath, and he, done, he did not know why the smile came on his face. And he felt in that one moment that he had lost control of the situation, he felt foolish for doing the water breath because he felt like, okay, now she's going to run over me. She's not going to do what I want. It's not going to come out right. And I'm sitting here like an idiot smiling when things aren't going well. And what happened was, after he did the water breath and calmed down, after he did the water breath and smiled, after he did the water breath and decided not to confront her, she smiled and said, well, okay, we'll do it your way. And what this did is it gave him a chance to then back up and realize that if I just let this go and put the energy out there, the energy will do the work for me. And then the next thing I've got to do is focus on why I'm feeling so stressed about having my way in this situation when if I just let it go and let the energy guide me, she's going to do the right thing. She's going to, it's going to end up she's going to do what I want her to do anyway. And she did. And, in fact, she was so pleased that he didn't try to push and force his way that for the remainder of the evening, she was especially social, hospitable, and sexy to the point that he thought the water breath is the greatest thing in the world. He started doing it all the time, even when he shouldn't have been doing it. And he came back to me and he said, I cannot believe that a simple thing like a breath can change things like that. But I'm telling you tonight, people, that it can. Now, let's go back to the science, and let's go back to what happened in Houston and what happened in North Carolina and what happened to Imbuta in hell when he started creating his demons and how this all ties together, how this has a bearing for us in our everyday life. The counterfeit personality is like a 900-pound gorilla. If you try to fight it, I don't know how many of you have been to the zoo and seen a really big gorilla. You don't want to try to fight that thing. You're just happy that he's in the cage behind bars and he can't get to you. Because if that 900-pound gorilla gets loose, he will beat your butt. The counterfeit personality structure is a heebie-jeebies of a monster. He's a giant boogeyman that will kick your butt if you try to take them head on. You gotta trick them. And what you gotta do is make him work for you. You gotta make the counterfeit personality work for you. And you begin this process with the classes and with the knowledge and with the understanding. But when you get to the moment that comes up tomorrow, right now, where you've got the crisis, where you're at the crossroads, you must understand the science of the breath and how powerful that can be. Each of these breaths are designed to immediately put you in a different state of your brain. Each of these four breaths, the water breath, the earth breath, 
the air breath and the fire breath have special power when you learn how to wield them. They're like swords and, and special powders. They're like magical devices that, if properly used, they suspend the problem, put things, put a different energy, redirect the negative energy, and bring things into balance, and then you have a chance to recover. And once you do, once you recover, then you begin to work on your character personality that got you in the problem in the first place. So when we're doing table work on someone, I use different breaths. And each time I change my breath, it changes the way my energy bounces off of the female's energy field. In other words, each breath changes my aura in such a way that as my energy is projected onto the female's energy, it has a different, slightly different spin to it. It's like radar that's selective. Imagine that you have radar and you have four different ways that your radar pings off of objects and comes back to you. So if you want something to increase, you do your radar one way. If you want it to decrease, you do your radar another way. If you want it to heat up, you do your radar a different way. If you want it to cool down, you do your radar a different way. And that's what we're talking about. So that you cannot win by arguing. You cannot win by force. You don't have the money to pay the bill. You can't move the traffic because you're stuck. What do you do? You do your breasts. And your breast will put energy on it. So if you're doing table work and you know the woman is stressed out from a hard day work, you know the woman is having trouble, you know your woman is, you know, not able to really deal with this issue that she's got with her kid. The kid has had a problem in school that day, and it's like you just want to go down there and slap the teacher. You do your breath and put energy into it, into the woman, and what happens is her stress is removed. All of a sudden, it just seems like she's got a chance to relax. The energy is just it's the opposite of the energy that she had, and your energy impacting on her energy creates a state of peace and temporary reconciliation. It doesn't last that long, but it's long enough to shift the energy. Then you say something different. You change the subject. You, you, you bring up something else, and the next thing you know, what was a potentially really bad situation becomes not so bad situation. So these breaths also work themselves into other elemental situations and devices. What do I mean by that? These four elementals are the underpinning forces underneath so many health issues, so many financial issues, so many other things that manifest in our world. For instance, there are basically four blood types. Now, that's not completely true. There are actually more than four. But in terms of the principal blood types, the most common blood types, it's A, AB, O, and B. In other words, the four blood types are O, B, A, and AB. 
and then you have plus or minus in each one, and other you have some other little odd blood types in there that are rare. But those are the four main ones. And what we find is that each blood type, a while back, a few thousand years ago, corresponded to these four elementals, <clears throat> to these four breaths, and to certain other things that have to do with air, fire, earth, and water. For instance, if you want to look at why we have four principal races, it's for the same reason. Each race has a corresponding energy connection to one of these elementals. For instance, Asians, or yellow race if you want to call it that, uh, corresponds to the air elemental. The Africans, or blacks, or whatever you want to call them, the Ethiopians, they correspond to the water elemental. The Nordics, the Europeans, Caucasians, whatever you want to call them, the whites, whatever, they correspond to the fire elemental. The Native Americans, uh, the Incas, the, the uh, whatever you want to call, call them, people who are indigenous to America, primarily they are the, uh, the, the, the um, red people, if you want to call them that, are they, you know, they correspond to the earth elemental. Now, that's not true anymore because the races have mixed so much and have moved around so much to different parts of the world that they are no longer pure, pure. and they no longer exactly correspond to blood types as they used to, nor do they completely correspond to the elementals, but they used to. And for for intents and purposes of our demonstration, we'll just assume that they still do. Therefore, we see that each race has a particular diet. Each race has a particular blood type, or used to. And therefore, each blood type has particular things that it's susceptible and vulnerable to emotionally, in that uh, some people are very calm they get in the traffic. Certain blood types respond well to strenuous activity. Other blood types do well at cerebral academic type pursuits because of this whole thing about the breath. And when we understand these sciences, when we understand the makeup of things and what makes us tick, then we have a weapon to fight this 900-pound gorilla the counterfeit personality structure. Now, in, in, in this radio program, we can't get into the depths of these sciences. It's, it's too complicated to deal with on a show like this. Uh, you know, that's why we have the classes, and that's why we have other um, mediums and mechanisms, the workshops and things like that, where this information, you go into it in more depth, so that you're actually able to do it. What I want you to understand tonight is that there is hope, that there are tools, that there are ways to deal with situations above and beyond what we've taught, that all of this science that we talk about, all of this these stuff that we say, that it's not just stuff that we're throwing around, and it's not just pie-in-the-sky stuff that has no bearing on your life, but it's stuff that you can use to get a practical result 
every day that you're alive. Now, the low map system, you know, if we if we deal with the Chinese version of it, has so so many ways that it manifests. And this is true of the Kemetic system, of the Native American system, of the Nordic system, and I'm I'm not talking about the European system of the tarot. I'm talking about the ancient European system, you know, from Stonehenge and back in the times of the original Nordic Empire in Scandinavia before it was corrupted in later years. And this is this is really before, you know, most of that history in Europe has you know, has faded and, and they don't really talk about it much anymore. But the Nordic the Nordic society had a lot of this information. Anyway, so when we look at this 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 breath in the low map and we start out with yin and yang, then we split up into four, into water, earth, air and fire. Then we split it up one more time. So we take water, earth, air and fire and we split that up again into each one into its plus and minus component. And the terms that we get you're not familiar with, but what I'll do is I'll correlate it to directions. So you start out with south, north, east, and west. Okay? And now then you have southeast, northeast, northwest, and southwest. And then you've also got the original four. So now you have eight points in this circle. When you add the center of the circle, you then have nine points. You now have the correlation or the bridge between the tree of life, the nine spheres on the tree of life, and the four elementals. And you have the key to allow you to go from one system to the other. So you can move from earth, air, wind, and water to the nine deities or spheres or angels on the tree of life. And you then begin to see the underpinning elemental energy that powers each of these deities, angels, or elemental forces, whatever you want to call them. And then you begin to get a, a, a picture, an insight, a glimpse into why the deity forces act the way that they do etc., etc., etc. Then the next thing that happens is when you look at the nine spheres on the tree of life and you look at this circle, the low map circle with these nine points on it, you begin to see then how it correlates with so many other things. Because we could split it three ways, uh, uh, water, earth, air, and fire, and come up with 12 points, and that is the zodiac, astrology. And we can make a correlation then between astrology and the four elementals. And in fact, if you look at astrology, you'll see that they say this sign is a water sign, this sign is an air sign, this sign is a fire sign. Also, when we look at any system of cosmology from any part of the world, at any point, in, 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 we'll see that almost all cosmogonies, all religions that are... Um, elemental or indigenous in nature has a correlation to this circle of nine, this tree of life. Now, we'll look at some of them and we'll see that they have seven deities. Uh, you'll look at the Yoruba system and you'll look at the Atan system and, and some of the other systems like that 
or many of the Native American systems to sue the uh, Iroquois, the Hopi, or the uh, Cherokee, and you'll see that they have seven, for the most part, uh, stages on the wheel of life, so to speak. And the way that they get to seven from the nine is that the top three spheres on the triangle are all combined into one. In other words, when we look at the tree of life, that top triangle, that holy trinity at the top that the Christians talk about, that is basically, in these other systems, condensed down into one force, one element, because they don't differentiate between the three because they don't manifest as three different entities on the physical plane. They only manifest as one. So you get your seven, and, and therefore you get the seven sounds, the seven colors in the rainbow, seven uh, columns in the table, periodic table of elements, such and such, etc. The point that I'm trying to make for you is that whatever you're looking at in terms of an esoteric system, you can correlate it to these nine spheres on the low map circle, and you can then distill it back down into these four elemental breaths. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump here and some of you may not follow me, but what I'm going to say some of you will get or if you research it a little bit you'll see it. So if you look at astrology and you're looking at a situation that says Saturn is doing this, Mercury is doing that, and Mars is conjunct this. Therefore we have a situation that's good for this and bad for that. So if you're in a situation that's that's one of the bad for that scenarios. Your solution is to master the breath that conquers that. If you find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with deity forces, where you're saying this force comes under the rulership of Haru or Thor or um, the Archangel Michael, they're all the same thing. Or, or it doesn't, it, you know, you, I, I, it doesn't matter uh, which system you're looking at. It has a correspondence to that. It would be Hercules, or in the uh, Greek system, or uh, it, it doesn't. You can come up with any system, and I can show you the correlation. But then, if you have a situation where where you're going up against that energy, and you need that particular energy, you get the energy through the breath. Therefore. If you're doing tantra on someone, table work on someone, or even if you're having sex with that person, you can counter the negative energy of the counterfeit personality by using the proper uh, breath that's opposite to the negative energy. If the negative, if the negative energy is air, then the breath that you want would be either water or earth, which are opposite. If the negative energy is earth, then the breath that you're going to use to combat it is either air or fire, depending on the situation. Now, I, I've kind of gotten a little, maybe a little bit more complicated than I really want to because, um, you know, uh, some of you aren't familiar with these terms. You don't know what the deities are. You're like, angels, what the heck is he talking about? You know, well, I mean, a lot of you think that, Christianity is different from this, and Islam is different from that, and Buddhism is different from that, but basically, you know, if you really, really study it, you'll begin to see that all of these masters were using the same system underneath this stuff, and that their pupils or their disciples made changes to make it look different. You're basically talking about the same forces 
whether you're dealing with Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Nordic stuff, um, Khan stuff, uh, Sioux, whatever, the Pope, the, the Apollo, whatever. It's, it's, there are correlations here. And so you can also use these correlations to take astrology and correlate it to numerology. In other words, this low map is one of the intersecting points to all of these different systems. And the first line of defense, once you understand the system, is to find the corresponding breath and master that breath. Then the next thing that you do is once you've identified the counterfeit personality structure that you have and you see how it's causing you to act or misbehave in that particular situation, whenever you get there, you use the breath to rescue yourself, and then you go back at night after the situation is resolved, after you've got a moment to think about it, and you try to remember, why did I do this? And how is this counterfeit personality manifesting in me? What are my true inner demons? And you, re you deconstruct that force. You deconstruct that part of you, and you begin to slice it away, tear it away, push it away, so that you gradually make this journey back to your original self. In all things that are Tantra, to become Tantra, you must become your original self. You cannot practice Tantra unless you become Tantra. To become Tantra, you must gradually move away from your counterfeit personality, gradually move back to your original DNA template. The first line of defense, your first tool to fight is the breath. Now, I've talked about the water breath, the earth breath, the air breath, and the fire breath. And you say, well, Master Yao, how do I do these breaths? Well, you take the course. You read the books. You study. You go and visit Coach Kyrie and you say, Coach Kyrie, will you please tell me how to do these breaths, please? And he might do it. He might not. I don't know. Coach Kyrie. If he doesn't get more table work from these women, he might get mad at you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking if you go up to Serious Brother and you say, Serious Brother, will you teach me how to do these breaths? Will you teach me how to deal with my counterfeit personality? Will you teach me how to recognize my counterfeit personality? You know, you might want to go to one of these, these little cutie pies and say, look, I want you to go up here and do some table work on Serious Brother because I'm trying to get ready to ask him for a little favor and then maybe he might accommodate you. And in Atlanta, after we did the class, we had an exercise where we went around the room. Everybody came up to my suite, and they were all sitting up there. We were in a very plush environment. We had alcohol. Everybody was sitting around with food. We had really good food to eat. Everybody was dressed up all cute. The ladies were looking all fine. And we were all sitting up there, you know, thinking how nice and how cute we were. And then we decided to do this exercise on the counterfeit personality. And, man, <laughs> did, did, it, did it jump off? Because all of a sudden, everybody was saying, well, I don't have a counterfeit personality. I don't have a counterfeit personality. And then 
when we started to take each person in turn and examine it, well, we found out, well, yeah, they did have a counterfeit personality. And one brother described the exercise as like when he was watching us deal with the other people, he said it felt like I was in line waiting to go to the guillotine. Because he was like thinking, oh, my God, I'm getting ready to learn, you know, what my counterfeit personality is, and it doesn't feel so good. But this is like um, the best thing that can happen to you. You get into a situation around friends, and you, you know, you, you do your dirty laundry, and that way then when you get in, in some other situation on your job or on a date, you don't have to because you already know what it is and you're already starting to deal with it. So I'm going to take a moment and pause. I'm going to throw a track at Coach Collier again because I'm, I'm not going to be here much past 10 tonight, and I want to give him a chance to go to the phone and answer the calls, and I don't want to give people too much to try to digest in one night. But I want to leave you with the concept of this. You don't know what you don't know. And just because you're having a hard time in life and your inner demons are kicking your butt, your counterfeit personality, the 900-pound gorilla, is slapping you all about the head, kicking you in the groin, and just throwing you up against the wall, and you're like, dread it, my, you know. I want to say to you that help is out here. There are solutions to this. And they're not so far away. So, Coach Kaye, I'm throwing it back to you. Well, yeah, I figured that the, that the lines would start lighting up as soon as you was getting ready to open the lines up, and I went to get me a piece of this sweet seeded watermelon. You know, that's another thing the brothers got to do too. I'm gonna have to be just a little. You know, when this tantra energy does get to the sexual part, these women want to put their mouth on you. You know, I mean, some kind of way they want to do some things. I'm just being honest now. And it's important for you brothers to taste properly. You need to have your hygiene, clean your blood out, and make sure that you got the right things and the right nutrients because it's going to come out of you. So I'm just saying, Kyrie stays on that watermelon diet, y'all. I'm just giving them a little tip. Um, and don't forget the pineapple, oh, especially man. ladies. Pineapple makes your vagina taste sweet. Mm, mm. And and it's a and it's a high producer of enzymes, so it's symptometry approved. Trust me. Do we have uh, any callers? Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. But before we get to these two callers, I did want to say, um, I'm an avid reader, and um, I had to give a shout out tonight. Of course, I'm always giving a shout out to the Awakening and the Master Feminine um, book. And sometimes I say this is a this is a symptometry book. Well, Dr. Nardi just wrote another book and released it called "An In-Depth Analysis of the Most Complete Person." And I'm putting a semi-stamp on it as he just wrote his first tantra book because he talks about the twelve facets of a person. So I just want to give a big shout out to that. If you want to check out the book. Please go over to SometimeTreeBooks.com. Um, if you have a Metunetter 1 or 2, a Art of War, a Holy Tablets, a Sacred Woman, 
a jewel in the lotus, a holy Bible, a Quran, or Bhagavad Gita, um, or a Torah, or a Kabbalah, you need one of these so your library will be complete. I'm going to just say it like that. It's 151 pages of pure funk. Sign, I mean, it's just like bananas. And that was like what Nikisha said earlier, the um, natural blueprint to relationships, this oracle of Kim Senu. Make your library complete, everyone. Go to MasterYow.com, grab those three. Just get just get it out the top. Or, um, Oracles of Kim Senu, the natural blueprint to the relationships, and uh, Awakening the Master Feminine. Do yourself a treat. Then go over to the symptometry books and get the what to consume and the in-depth study of the most complete person. I promise you, you'll be blown away. I, I promise you, you put that in your in your receptors between now and December 2013, it's going to be a whole different year for you. I'm just going to, because it's going to be a whole different year for Kair. That's what's on my menu right now. So, And that's what's on my team's menu. I, my team is, is, is feeding off of these particular nutrients right now. So I, you, you, you all should know what that means. This is a dream come true. It's a dream come true. Call up on the 310-817. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? This is Dara. I'm calling from Houston. This is who from Houston? Dara. Hi, Dara. Hi. Thanks Hello? for calling tonight. Thanks for calling in tonight. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I just was calling to share my experience um, from the table work on Friday. Oh my goodness! Thank you. What um, What did you have on? Wait let a me Let me give you a little background. Come on, we y'all. have three young ladies uh, on the table in Houston, and this young lady here, my goodness gracious, she turned it out. She went into orbit. She had everybody in there. Not only did she have an experience, but she just she just transformed. I mean, her energy just went out and just had people vibrating and eyes rolling up in their heads. It was she was something happened in there, and she she pulled down something from heaven. But she sure she sure turned the place up. So I'm really happy that you you know you're open to sharing because a lot of ladies. The experience is so personal that they don't want to talk about it. So uh, whatever you would like to share, Dara, uh, about your experience, please do so. Okay. Um, Well, it was, I feel like it was, it was like enlightening. It was spiritual. Um, I felt like as soon as I got on the table, I could feel the energy vibrating through my body, like in these waves, um, like currents of energy flowing from my toes all the way through my body, all the way up through my crown. Um, I felt warm. I felt peace. I felt, it felt like a really, really big hug. Like that, um, that's probably like my best description, just like a really big hug inside so not necessarily so much sexual but spiritual 
and energetically just a really nice experience. Um, she's being uh she's holding back Kaya. I can tell. I can tell. I've heard this I've heard, I mean I can listen, Daryl, I can feel your energy in North Carolina right now. But you but y'all did say te- share the part you want to share, so you know sharing. I mean I, I think that for me I'm usually a skeptic and I'm the one like, Okay, what is this? Hmm. So getting up there and having you know, experiencing what I, you know, what I felt, what I saw, I could see all kind of colors. Just starting out, it was almost like a psychedelic trip, like visually, but in my body, I mean, I could feel my body vibrating um, at like a super high frequency, um, and just, I don't know, I, I, I felt so much, I can't, I don't even know, you know, like how to explain it. Um, in a in a way to somebody who who wasn't there, but I think it's something that people need to experience just to know that you can feel that amount of energy and love um, and healing experience um, within minutes. You know, if you allow your body and yourself to open up to it and receive it. Mm. When when the event when she was on the table there occurred a connection between her and every woman in the room. Are you still on the line, Nakisha? Is her mic still open? Okay. She's yeah. Probably probably probably. Can you hear me? Can Nikisha, you? would you just help Dara out a little bit? And she's on the table, and she really didn't see everything that happened around her. But what was going on with some of the women who were closest to her? <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't think we've talked about this, Dara, but um, there were women that were kind of like um, what I observed because I was in I was in that rapture also myself. But what I observed was, you know, women kind of uh, vibrating and swaying, and their heads were down, and the breathing. Um, it was one lady that was like on the front row, and she listened. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. She was like leaning to the side. I'm like, oh goodness, catch her before she falls, because she was out of there. She was out of there. She, I was like, this lady's gonna fall out. Uh, I had, um, I had a, um, a, a coworker that was there, and Tantra never heard of it before. And it was so funny because, uh, you know, I'm a teacher, and, you know, teachers call each other by last names. And she was like, Sanders, oh, my God, I never experienced anything like that before. I just kept feeling this energy. What was that energy? That's what she kept saying to me over and over again. So this is somebody that is, like, totally, she don't know anything about no Tantra, nothing about no Reiki, nothing about no chakras. But she came there, and she was receptive, and she felt the energy. I mean, the ladies were, you know, you could hear the sounds, the moaning, the breathing, the swaying. I mean, it was it was off the chain. It was off the chain. I mean, Dara was like this beautiful conduit for healing and releasing and things of that nature. And, like, the women in Houston are, like, ever grateful to her and bowing at her feet for, like, this transformation because she 
somewhere, even though she said she's a skeptic, somewhere deep down inside she wanted that, she needed that, and and, and she allowed that to happen. And, and we're grateful. We are grateful. You know, Sirius' brother and I, on more than one, Sirius' brother and I, Sirius' brother's up in New Jersey, on more than one occasion, we have uh, performed an exercise where we take two women, put them on the table at opposite ends of a large room, and we begin to work on them. And within a short period of time, all of the women in between begin to feel the energy, and we we can create a circuit that way. And if just one woman, just one woman really opens herself up and allows herself to be a vessel for the energy, she can pull in energy and push out energy to provide a healing for any woman there or a sensual experience for any woman there. And this is what, you know, Dara did. Um, I think that, you know, one night, depending on how Dara feels, that energy might be an enlightening energy where you will see things and learn things and things will be revealed to you. Another night, if Dara is feeling frisky, you know, all the women will have a different type of, of orgasmic experience to the extent that they're open to it, and it will be more of a pleasure event. And then if, if Dara is feeling healing or she's feeling under the weather herself, the next night it could be a healing experience where there's reproductive-type healing or emotional healing. So, you know, she was a very, um, a very good conduit for the energy, and the speed at which she connected to the other women, I haven't hmm. seen that in a while. I haven't yeah. seen that in a while. It happened in no time. It happened. She got on the table, and it happened in no time. Well, that's 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 what we're here for. We're here to make it happen. Thank you, Dora, for for coming on tonight and telling us your, telling us your story. Thank you, guys. All right. Have Please. a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Got to get to another caller. Caller from the ninth. Oh, well, hold on before I open this up. We got seven minutes. Uh, Me and y'all are not going to be on long after 10 o'clock. Please call in now so you can catch a little bit of the after party that we may have to be after we take this call and go into like one or two more small things because I got a couple questions from the Facebook group I wanted to touch on real quick. So, um, 347-205-9089. 347 Press 1 if you got a comment, question, or feedback, or observation, and, pre- and turn your speakers down. Call it from the 973-973-332. Your mic is open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, this is uh, Sirius Brother from New Jersey. Ah, oh, there you go. There he is. <laughs> It's awesome, baby! Before Serious Brother gets started, let me just say that next weekend, he's going to be be doing a two-day Tantra uh, symposium at the, at the Level 1 level at the Hampton Inn and Suites in Harrison, New Jersey. And that's, uh, that's about 10 minutes almost walking distance from the Newark Penn Station. So his email is Respect three five seven at gmail dot com if anybody's interested. And uh, you know, he, he we talked him up, Kyrie. 
And I see he's on my Facebook page talking smack, and uh, he's got three or four ladies uh, offering to do table work for him. <laughs> yes, sir. come on, serious brother. What you got? Um, I just want to say this has been a fabulous show tonight to listen to. I'm here at work right now. I get off like 11 o'clock. Um, but I, I just want to stress to the uh, audience um, about the breath work. You know, that is very, very important, and that um, it's important to be very present when these things are being taught. And um, I wanted to add on top of the elemental breath, um, something that I uh, utilize also uh, in conjunction with the breath, is actually you will find with each element, uh, you will find that it correlates to a specific part of your body where a certain dynamic uh, tension happens. And for each person, the element may differ in that particular part of the body. And when you utilize that with uh, visualization, you can actually change the dynamics of your energy that you're projecting out in your world as well as affecting uh, other people that might be outside of you. Uh, For example, uh, for me, the uh, water element I feel it in my wrist. The earth element, I feel it in my pecs. The uh, air element, I feel it in, my, in the back of my neck. And the fire, I feel it in my solar plexus. So if I want to manipulate that energy, I can do it by coordinating my breath with tension in that particular body and the part of my body to bring about a physical manifestation. So I just wanted to share that and say that what he was talking about is a heavy, heavy science and definitely something that, you know, we all need to definitely jump on. And uh, also with those breaths, you'll start to find out that you'll be able to link into those uh, nine spheres, actually ten spheres that he was talking about earlier and how a lot of those energies combine and how you could actually manipulate those. I utilize those commonly when I'm actually doing the projection work or when I even walk into the environment of a class so that I might bring all four of my uh, master masculine faculties online so that I might be in a better mode to uh, activate others around me and also to receive, you know, energy from them as well. Uh, yeah, you got any comments about that? Uh, what what you're saying, you're, you're saying it as good as anybody can say it. Preach on, my brother. Uh, okay. Serious, uh, serious brother, I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Because this, this right here is the part where Yao says, I get a little ratchet. You know, in the street they say, you, you, you're you ratchet. That means I'm just a little, sometimes my skin is rubbed the wrong way because for me and my background, the fastest, okay, we got 90 seconds. Somebody may want to call in when Sears Brother answers this question, 347-205-9089. People always say they want to feel the energy, but they don't want to do the qigongs. Now, when That's y'all talking about doing the breath, and you speak to me from a qigong practitioner, don't talk to me like you're some regular guy off the street. And you just, you know, jumped up here, jumped up here and started uh, getting these feelings. Tell me about how qigong has affected your ability to be sensitive to energy. When you doing, receiving, or giving table work? Ah, uh, 
Okay, um, let me see how I can sum this up. Um, one of the first things I learned, I oh, learned wait, wait, about wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And the last part of the question is, would you stop doing Qigongs right now and continue doing Tantra, or would you make sure that you always had your Qigongs as you move forward in your Tantra practice? What would Serious Brother well, do? I'm going to ask that question first. Um, they both go hand in hand together, you know, um, where there's breath, there's life. You know, um, through the breath, you learn how to be inspired as well as you learn how to expire, so to speak. You know what I mean? Uh, from the time that you're born into this world, where you take your first breath, you know. Um, in relationship to the first question uh, that you were saying, um, hmm, the Qigong actually makes you more aware of your body because as you work with your breath, you'll find out that your breath is co it coordinates with your emotions. And when you can regulate your breathing or observe it even, you will learn so much more about yourself and about other people. And, I mean, there's some people that are listening right now when we may have a conversation, you may get some people that are talking real shallow and they'll start talking really, really fast and they, you might not hear any periods. It's like a lot of run-on sentences. Normally I can tell that that person is breathing high in their chest, and um, they're actually using, like, a lot of adrenaline from the kidneys, you know, which is good if you're going to be in an application where you're fighting or running, you know, and you need quick breaths, but for the purpose of uh, projection work and you want to projection work or your everyday life, you don't want to breathe like that all the time. And from the time that a person starts to transform their breathing using, like, the different uh, various Qigong techniques, you'll find that your entire chemistry, like it's almost like an internal alchemy, um, starts to begin. Just with the breath alone, we're not even just talking about a movement, just even holding a static posture. And also what it does when you start to move, it teaches you how to be conscious, be present and conscious into each moment. And when you close your eyes and you're doing a movement, you'll find out that you're actually off balance Whereas though when your eyes are open, you think that you're on balance, which is actually an illusion. But when you close your eyes and you learn how to go within, then you can go without. You can start to work from without. And um, all I can say is it's a very beautiful thing. It'll teach you about the yin nature of yourself, and it'll teach you about the yang nature of yourself. You know, um, did I answer your question, Kaya? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I just, you know, I just needed somebody else to hear it. For me, because this is the importance, how how y'all started talking about the breath. And then the crazy part was just the other night, how this is so in sync, I was talking to a sister. I'm getting ready to start doing a show on Wednesday night about, and I'm going to, I've broken the code on Tantra and the Circle 7 by Nova Drew Ali. And I'm just getting ready to do a strictly a class for, you know what I'm saying, from a more science perspective on the Holy Breath, Tantra from a more science view, and the mysteries of Noble Drew Ali on Wednesday nights. So like and that's gonna be my New Year's wow. project. That's gonna be my New Year's project, like and I'm gonna be looking I'm gonna be walking around here with a chip on my shoulder too. I'm gonna be just like Dr. Nardi. I'm not gonna be a people pleaser and if somebody tries to come challenging me, uh this they're gonna be buried with a ton of facts. I mean like it's it's laid out in there and how when I start explaining it to people, they say, oh, man, I never believe I could see this, but 
It's like so profound, but you just got to look at it, like the jewels, how he has it in there. And this kind of started two weeks ago when me and Master Yah were listening to Reverend Ike. And I was like, yeah, you know, he studied with Noble Drew Ali. And Yah was like, what? And I was like, well, just listen. Just listen. It's right there. And then I was and then I was pulling some stuff out of the Circle 7 Quran, and I was like, we already got enough funk on this show right here. So I'm going to cancel my Illuminati money show and just go ahead and put that over there on Wednesday nights. So I can like get some people caught up to speed because people don't understand the holy breath concept that um, Noble Drew Ali was talking about back in 1917, and y'all just covered it tonight, talking about the elementals, talking about how to offset it with the different with the different energetic breathing, and then he brought the cosmology in with the astrology. Uh, all I can say for y'all tonight it's is it's awesome, uh, baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He killed it. It was it, it was so on point. And then LaFay was here talking about the astrology initially. And so, like, I'm, re- I'm ready to push the envelope. Like Dr. Nardi says, the train has left the station. Like, we're not sitting still no more. People who, who catch this show now, they're going to have to run to catch up. That's it. <coughs> have to run to catch up. They're going to have to get at Sirius Brother in New Jersey. They're going to have to catch Yahweh, wherever he's at. They're going to have to catch Kyrie at the beach. Or they're going to have to come see me in Toronto. I think I may do this winter in Canada, you know, and just see how the Canadians like Tantra. You know, what, what about Tantra in Toronto? What do you think about that, y'all, serious brother? Well, um, Toronto has an excellent reputation. Right now, though, uh, I'm still vibrating high from North Carolina, Winston-Salem, and from Houston, and even from Baltimore. Um, I mean, uh you know, this this is so so special because it's right here in front of us. It's right here with the people that we know and love around us. And you, this young lady, um, Adira, she came to the event, never seen us before. Uh, she she came up in there, she got on the table, and. And I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. She she had some type of entity surrounding her, and I want to say it's an angel, although I don't know that for sure. And I think that helped to facilitate her event. But men like Kyrie and Furious Brother are carrying serious energies with them that can heal, that can empower, that can manifest. They're waiting for people to put them to work. We got all of these women out here. They look cute. Don't, I mean, I'd be looking at them. I'd be talking to them, you know, and appreciating their beauty. But we have underutilized them. We got these brothers out here like this brother that was in the construction site. And he's doing this work. But we don't know. That brother might have a serious healing potential that's underutilized. And we're walking around here. Uh, sad when there's people out here that can heal us, can give us joy, bring us pleasure, and, you know, we're in the phase where it's happening, where we're seeing it manifest. I'm looking on the page on Facebook right now, and that's all these posts of people saying, I had my first table session last night. It was wonderful. Uh, one lady saying, you know, I worked on my husband. Let me shout out to uh, 
Miss Catalina Thomas. I won't call her first name, but she's uh, uh, she was at the New Jersey event, and she's talking about you know work that she did on her husband. Uh, let me shout out to Oguna in Philly, and he's sharing certain experiences on the page that he had with a young lady, and he's talking about uh, a 40-minute event that changed her, him, and other people. Um, We go down and we just, you know, look at the different posts on the page, and people, you know, who three months ago never heard of Tantra are having experiences that are worthy and significant. So I'm going to throw this back to Sirius Brother. What you got in store for the next week, Sirius? Well, um, next week is going to be uh, it's going to be a very dynamic time. You know, um, I won't have Master Yao looking over me, so that means we can really act up and be very bad doing the program. <laughs> <laughs> and then we could talk about it later on when he wasn't there, so he could wish he was there. <laughs> But I wanted to say something about um, Kair. Um, Kair, I ordered uh, Senyala Saraswati's um, Qigong uh, DVD. It was very, very, very good work. And I just wanted to say that um, Brother Kair has been training uh, with his brother for quite some time and that he is definitely, definitely a a wealth of knowledge and that, you know, when it comes to the Qigong and everything, seek that brother out, you know, and, um, you know, pay that brother for his due, you know what I mean, because he's went out, he's been traveling around and acquiring his knowledge, you know, and um, it's not always easy. And um, he's constantly uh, challenging himself. I can hear that, uh, you know, constantly, you know. And uh, I am going to attend the uh, workshop over in New York, Ty, uh, when he comes up here in New York City. I'm going to attend uh, the workshop and stuff, so. Uh, we have a pool of, uh, you know, great people here that we can work from, and the key is to get it now, you know. Um, I've talked to some people, and I, and, I, and I posed this question to them. If they go back to the Matrix and they look when Morpheus offers uh, Neo the uh, red or blue pill, you know, he tells them he has to make a choice. You know, many people want four months, five months, a year, two or three years before they pick a pill. It doesn't happen like that. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just got to be ready to jump off that ledge. You know, think of what that movie would be like if it stopped at that scene and Neo sat there for the rest of the movie and then they put the end. Is that how you want your life to end? You know, do you want Morpheus to get up and, and walk away from you? You know, how, how do you want the, uh, your movie to finish? Not so much about the beginning, but how do you want to write the end of your movie? Because at any day, you know, you might be leaving about this form and be done. But how do you want to end it if you got to end it today? So, you know, let's jump off that ledge. You know, we got wings, let's jump. There's mm. nothing to be afraid of. Mm. You know, what's, what's been going on before, if it hasn't been working for you, it's trying to, time to try something new. And unfortunately, everybody's not going to jump. But I'm not going to be one of those people. <laughs> you know, I believe I can fly, you know. So I'm, I'm going to jump. And if I had to hit the ground so big, I'm going to get up and try again. So, you know, um, time is short, people, you know, and I I say that very humbly. You know, let's get this thing while we can and don't let uh, some uh, virtual dollar sign stand in the way of you getting what's what's yours. This is all knowledge about yourself, you know. And uh, if I make any errors, I'll take credit for it, 
you know, anything that I'm bringing forth. You know, I take credit for it. You know, uh, somebody as imperfect as myself, you know, can, you know, manifest some of these things through me. And I, I can only imagine what you people out there can do. You know, because I'm not exactly the nice guy that y'all thinks I am. <laughs> you know, I'm a monster trying to become less of a monster, you know, and, uh, you know, become more civilized. So, you know, let's let's have fun, which is very important, especially, uh, you know, even in your Qigong when you smile, it's taught that when you smile, you, your crown chakra opens up. You know, I tell people now when they get on the table, smile. Put your lips in the smile position. Don't open that crown chakra up so, you know, when we're going to send that energy through there, it could be received in a certain way. But that's another topic. Um, thank you, you know, for, uh, you know, having me on the show. I'm here in the patrol car right now. I'm going to sign off. And, uh, you know, thank you. I, I love you, brothers. Yeah, I know I had to turn the radio down. So nobody call, can go call on my job reporting me <laughs> while I'm here. Thank you again. And um, I'm here, you know, for any and everybody that needs my assistance. But, well, if you're going to come at this point in my life, because time is short, be ready to jump off the ledge. Hey, the Please. train has left the station. You hear what serious brother just said the same thing. The train has left the station. You got to jump. There ain't going to be no pulling up here stop that you discuss whether you want to get your ticket and all that shit. No. The train is pulled off. Get Know the ledge and come on out here and let's get on it. Serious brother, I love you, big brother. I'm telling you. Let's get I it. love you too, bro. Thanks again, y'all. No, we'll, we'll, we'll it's awesome, baby. Well, you know, again, uh, uh, Serious Brothers is going to be doing the uh, pre-symposium uh, at the Hampton Inn and Suites on the 28th of September and the 29th. Now, the Level 2 class is uh, centered in Baltimore and in Newark. We're going to shuttle back and forth between the two cities. Uh, and transportation is provided, so if you're in Baltimore, don't worry about it. If you're in Newark, don't worry about it. We're going to get you to wherever the class location is. The level two class, we're going to start out with uh, a scan of your auric field. We're going to put you on the machine and scan your auric field and let you know exactly where you are right now. And, and this correlates to the breath later, but the first thing we're going to do is give you an assignment. We're going to show you where your energy is. We're going to show you where it should be. And we're going to tell you what the keys are so that you can get it there. That's how, that's how level two starts out. And then we just go uphill from there. We're going to go back and do second puberty. So if you had problems in puberty, we're going to wake up your master masculine or master feminine faculty and uproot these uh, issues to the extent that we have time. And we'll begin the process of healing them. Uh, we won't be able to heal them all, of course. We'll start the process and show you how to do it. I'm going to teach in the level two class something I have never taught before in my life. I'm going to teach my version of the Bagua uh, archetype typing uh, reading, that method, where I add a little bit to it. The person who first introduced this uh, in this century was... Uh, the, you know, the very revered raw on for Amin the first of uh, who founded the Asara Set Society back in the 80s. He brought this information into this realm from the Akashic Records. And I've added a, my own little spin to it so that it ties into the counterfeit personality structure and you can 
related to your own life. You can do the readings yourself for your mate, your children, etc., etc., etc. We're going to do um, a new type of projection technique where we focus on the yin or yang um, uh, modalities of the nadis and the acupuncture meridians. And we're going to show you how to how to how to take your projection up another notch. Uh, we're going to talk about the kosher nadi team, which uh, up until now, the, the the techniques were thought lost, or simply a philosophical principle. But in the level two grand trine, we're going to begin to teach you how to actually do it, how to actually to, to make this manifest, you know, right now today. And I don't think that there's been anyone who has taught this in a hundred years. We won't finish in level two. We're just going to get you started. So I'm not trying to say that you're going to master it then, but you will you will be exposed to some tantra principles that I don't think anyone in this hemisphere has been exposed to out in public. There are people who are doing it in private, few and far between. We're going to do uh, several other things in level two that is just... It's going to make level one seem like first-grade stuff, like kindergarten stuff. So that begins October 6th, Baltimore, uh, October 13th in Newark, and uh, we have a, a link on Eventbrite. It's on my uh, homepage, and uh, you can, you know, contact us through whatever way you normally contact us to get information. So um, uh, yeah. I'm going to – yes, sir. You said you're gonna be doing the R scan. Is that what gonna be? Uh, is that what Doctor Abbott? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. See, now you you can't just you, you can't throw that. You, you told me I couldn't throw the after party up there. You can't just throw the R machine in there and just walk away like that. I wish Nakima was on the line so we could talk about her before and after. But maybe we'll do that next week. But could you just give them a brief, like how you and him use that machine? As far as you saw where her imbalance was, showed it to everybody, showed her that it was like forty, like thirty-five percent off in the yen. He told you what side of the body it was on. You went to work on it for about ten minutes, and then when she got off the machine and put it back, I mean, she got off the table and got back on the machine, it had been balanced out back to zero again. Yes. Well, you know, when we do level one, here's the thing. We don't know what we don't know. I've just given you guys 5% of, of this system in level one. So the tantric system, the union that I'm presenting in the Grand Trine, is taken from four different tantra systems, from the Chimers, from the Ethiopian system, from the Native American system, from the Vedic system of India. So we've got stuff that's just it's very potent stuff. And when you get to level five, it's it's just it's it's almost like sex magic, really. But we can't get there that easy. In other words, you've got the step by step. So we gotta take we gotta give you a little bit. Then each each class, each level above that is exponentially higher and exponentially more intense. So when you get to level two, it's no longer okay for us just to say you need to work on this qigong, and you need to do that, and you need to do a little table work, and you need to work on your counterfeit personality. We have to become more scientific. We have to become more precise. Therefore, we start the class 
by doing an RX scan. Now, Dr. Charlie Abbott is, is no amateur. He's an expert in uh, acupuncture and a whole bunch of other stuff. You're going to find out that the people associated with these programs and whatever, whether you're talking about Dr. Notley, you're talking about Dr. Abbott, you're talking about Kaya, myself, serious brother, you know, they you may not have heard about them, but quietly and secretly, these people have been devoting 20 years to mastering their craft. And this brother is no joke. So when we before we put Nakima on the table, we took a we took a scan, we scanned her. And her energy was deficient in certain areas. So he just read it off to me real quick. He just, you know, yelled over to me, do this, do that. Here's what's going on. Here's what's going on. And then what I did was I applied the breath, as I talked about, and I applied my energy in such a way to hit and open up the circuits in her arc field and her acupuncture meridians uh, immediately, and energy began to flow. And then eventually she didn't achieve a balance. But we, we corrected some part of the in, imbalances in, in 10 minutes. And in 20 minutes when we finished, uh, I really hope we can show that video because I, I wish people could see the video and listen to me at the same time and they would comprehend the depths of what I'm talking about. So we corrected her imbalance to some extent. So, so now she's able to move forward from that point on with a more balanced aura and a more balanced emotional body and a more balanced energy body. It saves. It doesn't, it's not permanent. But it gives you a chance to regroup and, and march forward in a better way. And then you know what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to feel. So in the beginning of the class, we're going to tell you where you are. By the time you get to the end of the class, you should be able to achieve that level without the table work. In other words, you should be able to get to that place of balance and healing and higher power on your own without Yao, without Kaya, without Sirius Brother. So the, the level two class is like taking you in a whole other direction, and we're going to give you stuff and do stuff. We talked in the tower about the, um, the uh, bio-architecture. So in level two, we're going to start doing that. We're going to actually be doing it. You're not going to be talking about it. You're not, you know, you hear all of these concepts on the Tower of Tantra show. In Level 2 Grand Trine, you will be doing it. You will be doing it. You won't be thinking about it. You will be doing it. And you're going to see the results of it. Not only that, you'll be able to put yourself back on the machine, and Charlie Abbott is going to show you what you've accomplished. So, yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to be doing something else right now. I'm running my mouth. But anyway, you get the point. It's like that, that, that stuff out here that's way beyond what people are saying, you know. And it's like um, people are, they're, 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 they're literally insane if they don't take advantage of this stuff. I mean, it's like I, I'm not going to promise you that the prices of these classes is going to stay where they are. They're going to go up. So people need to need to jump and take advantage of this stuff right now because, you know, it's not going to remain as accessible as it was. Um, so these people have been doing this work for such a long time in quiet. They've prepared all this knowledge. They've got all of this stuff that they're offering to people. 
It's time for people to stop complaining about the problems in their life, take control, and start doing something about it. I'm just going to tell you straight up, if a brother don't know how to heal his woman's womb, he should not be calling himself a man. Mm. If you don't know how to put your woman on the table and, and, and do a little bit of healing on her womb, then, you know, you're, you're, you're slacking. If a woman does not know how to give her man a little prostate energy uh, healing, she needs to, to turn in some of her high heels Whoa. And go hide someplace. Because you're fine. If you can't, if you're complaining that these men are ejaculating too quick, they're running, they're they're, they're too angry, and they're too uh, they're too controlling. They're getting abusive. They're yelling. They're they're not allowing things to whatever. And you're not healing his prostate, and you're not helping him to balance out his hormones, his testosterone and stuff. You know. Then, 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 don't jump out here with your high heels and your nice shape and think you all that. You're not. You, you're, you're not doing your job. So we need to come correct. We need to come correct. So, Kanye, I'm gonna throw it back at you, my brother. It's awesome, baby. I love when you get ratchet on them like that. Go start turning in some of your high heels. Start turning in some of your uh, your man qualities. You know, you ain't healing that woman. You ain't putting that energy on that man. Stop. Get off your high heel horse talking about you some kind of goddess or you some kind of god. Just shut up. You know what I'm saying? Because you faking games. Whoo-wee. Mm. Ah, okay. Y'all done got enough tonight. I got a client I'm supposed to be getting to. Yeah, me and you got something else to do. Not that this is not important, but it just seems like we backed up tonight. So I got to get over here and uh, get with the get on. Uh, how'd you like to intro the show tonight? <laughs> I've got a class tomorrow. That's why I need to. I need to be preparing for my class tomorrow. That's why I'm kind of pressed for time tonight. But uh, I'm probably going to start the class with that with that CD of Reverend Ike. You know, they told me about Reverend Ike, but everybody said he was a this, he was a that. They talked bad about the brother, so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to him. I wish I had. He's a serious deep brother. And I do know about Noble Drew Ali. I, 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 I read some of his stuff way back many years ago. Bad, bad, bad brother. He's like, whoa. <laughs> and I was really surprised to find that Reverend Ike studied under him, you know. So that puts some stuff in the focus for me. So it's all that. But, uh, yeah, okay. Um, it was a great show tonight. And, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. That's, that's, there's a whole science behind all of these things. We've just hit you with just little tidbits, just little bits and pieces of the breathing the elemental forces and how they're created, which force is yin, which force is yang, what do you do in this situation, what corresponds to that situation, what foods contain this yin, what foods support this breath, what postures. You know, when you get to level three, we talk about which sexual positions support this breath, that breath, this energy, that energy. So, you know, you want to be on top of your man in this position with your spine in this angle and doing this with your clitoris and squeezing your perineum 
and projecting your chi down or at an angle or spinning it. And it's like, you know, the more we get up to here, you say, well, how do I do that, Matthew? How do I make my energy spin? But it's not, you're made to do this stuff. You're built to do this. It's like a car is made to drive, a horse is made to ride. You are built to do this stuff, and all you need to do is learn some simple techniques, and you'll be off to the races. Hmm. I got it, y'all. I'll see y'all next Thursday, 8 o'clock. See you Sunday at 8 o'clock for the Academy of Cosmophysics, and we'll see you Tuesday at 8 o'clock with uh, Dr. Nardi and some tree. We may be doing a show just on cocaine and drug addiction, unless I do something on diabetes because I got a lot of people with this diabetes that's really acting crazy and it's making me upset that they don't want to do anything about it and they know that there's a cure out here. So see you Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. And then next Wednesday, we, we launch, I'm launching that Moorish Science Tantra, the Holy Breath, and Divine Relationships. And that's all we're talking about. Don't come in and talk about no damn sovereignty or no nationality papers or none of that shit. We're going to be talking about the family. We're going to be talking about, no, but Ali said, he told the husbands to teach the children to learn to love instead of hate and put your house in order. So we're going to be having a house in order session. All you men, you be on the front row and get your house in order. I love y'all. We're going to take it away. Let your word become flesh. Now I want to make this personal, and I'm going to put it over in the first person. My word, my word, is what I think, is what I think, feel, feel, and say, and say about myself. And it's an interesting thing about your word. Because the lesson is about how your word becomes flesh. By becoming flesh, we mean that what you think, what you feel, what you say about yourself is always coming into visibility as your experience. What you think about yourself, what you feel about yourself, what you say about yourself is always becoming incarnate, always coming into form as your experience. Now that's the law. As a man thinks, so is he. Say that. As a man thinks, so is he. Say it again. As a man thinks, so is he. Now listen to this. There is nothing that you can do to alter that law that as a man thinks, so is he. There's nothing that you can do to alter the law that your word becomes flesh. Your word becomes expressed as your experience. But there is something that you can do to control your experience by controlling your word. You can control what you think. You can determine how you feel. And you can learn to control your mouth. Surprisingly. I know for some of you that's difficult, but it can be done. Say with me, it can be done. You see, your word is so very important. 
because you're always experiencing your word. Ask yourself this question. What am I saying about myself within myself? What am I feeling about myself within myself? What am I thinking about myself within myself? You see, that is your word. And everything happens first on the level of your word within your subjective self. And then becomes flesh. That's why you need to learn how to tell your mind what to think. You see, you can't let your mind just think randomly. In this world today, everybody and everything are out for your mind. You read the newspaper, they're out for your mind. You turn on television, they're after your mind. But you have to tell your mind what to think. You decide what you want to be, to do, and to have, and start thinking in that way. Start feeling in that way. Start speaking the word in that way. Place your hand in a receptive position now. Let's sanctify your mind and sanctify your consciousness. Get everything out of there that can't stand money. And by the way, that's interesting. Do you know, I've had people walk out of my prosperity seminars. <laughs> you know, frankly, you know, everybody can't stand prosperity. <laughs> and then, as I said, a lot of highly religious people. In California, one very highly religious lady walked out. She said, I just can't stand to hear that man talking about money. You know, if money bothers you, it's because there's something wrong with you. And I'll tell you deeper, deeper, deeper what it means. It means that you feel the, you really feel the condemnation because you don't have it. And you don't want to admit that you really want it. You're lying to yourself. Let me hear you say, stop lying to myself. And you see, that's one of the things that I think there's a chapter on it. Somebody's going to tell me where it is. Don't be indifferent to money. Let me hear you say, don't be indifferent to money. Don't be indifferent to money. You can't have an indifferent attitude. Your attitudes will draw money to you or take it away from you. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Down there in that deeper subconscious. That's why you gotta clean it out. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And may the world. This is a dream come true.
What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? You still rocking with the best, Coach Kyrie? If you would like to get those tracks I was just playing, those are customized. You can't find that anywhere on the internet. Shoot me an email at Coach Kyrie at Gmail and just put Reverend Ike tracks in the subject matter, and I'll link you back where you can find these and you can download and make your own CDs. I use this for my neuro-linguistic programming. I ride around with these, and then I take a nap to it in the middle of the day. Right now I got six tracks. I got about six more coming in about two weeks. So if you'd like to pick these up where you could keep these with you and just play them on a CD real quick, get you some reps in in the morning while you're shaving, start on programming and getting these negative dendrite patterns out of your mind, shoot me an email, coachkair at gmail, coachkair at gmail. Also, any donations are very well appreciated. That'll be on the coach um, coachkdonations.info, or you can go to relaxation is the key and click on donations. We really, really appreciate it, and we'll see y'all next week.